We're live. Welcome back, everyone, to the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. I have my ever-beautiful host, Jacob Trowbridge, with me tonight, as usual. This is a duo here. We don't we don't fly solo on our podcast. Uh, welcome in, Jake. How are you doing this evening? So freaking good, because I've got one week's worth of NFL games in my veins, sir. So oh. I'm doing spectacular. How are you? I Same. I mean... What is there not to like about NFL? I swear, for one day on Sunday, it felt like life was back to normal and everything was great. Um, watching football all day, having some brews, eating some nachos, watching football, literally from pre-gaming at 10 o'clock in the morning until I went to bed Sunday night with doubleheader, or I since I was thinking Monday night, but uh, mm. Sunday the Sunday night game, uh, it was just freaking terrific. It, it, it was so nice to have that sense of normalcy again, and I think everybody can agree with me on that. For sure. It, it just felt right. Like, all was right with the world mm-hmm. for that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it was like a good version of the Twilight Zone. Like, well, this doesn't... Fe- wait. This this is what life was like mm-hmm. once exactly. upon a time. Yeah, it, it was beautiful, and the games. Uh, I didn't I didn't see as much sloppiness in the games as I thought I was going to with this week, just because mm-hmm. of the short the off season and all that. That's been the talk all uh, all these last couple of months leading up to everything. I've certainly been talking about that and expecting that, but no, man, they were great. I loved every goddamn minute of it. Yeah, I expected the defenses to be a little bit rustier than they were kind of like what we saw with the um, lockout season back in 2011, uh, how the offenses really pushed the envelope kind of the first portion of the season. And then the defenses, you know, had to catch up. And once they did, then, it, you know, kind of evened out a little bit, but I thought defenses played pretty well too. Uh, seems like maybe either both sides of the ball were affected the same or either not affected at all. So uh, that was fun. It was it was great to have it back. Uh, unfortunately, you know, my fantasy teams did not do so hot over the weekend. We can l- lament on that a little later here. Uh, but we're getting into the episode here. Before we do, what are we drinking this week? I'll lead us off because I is really happy to find this beer. Uh, I know I was telling you about it this weekend. Uh, I saved it specifically for the podcast. Did not get into it until tonight. Uh, very special beer. This is from Great Lakes Brewing Company, which we featured them many times on our podcast. They just do great beer, solid all around. Uh, I am doing, it is just simply called 73 Kolsch. Let me get this on the camera here for our viewers. And it's got it just looks so our cool. favorite Wisconsin tackle, or one of our favorite Wisconsin tackles. We've had so many of them. Humble brag, <laughs> Wisconsin. Uh, Joe Thomas. So this beer was, I'll, I'll just read what it says here on, on the actual label. It says, Please do. Think you've earned this beer? Question mark. Try playing 10,363 consecutive snaps. To thank Joe Thomas for his dedication to Cleveland, on and off the gridiron, we huddled with the man himself to brew this crisp, refreshing, tailgate-worthy ale. And it is a tailgating-worthy ale. It is delicious, crushable. Oh, it's so good. It's And it kind of rubs salt into the wounds of this whole weekend with the Browns. I bet they would sure love old Joe Thomas back That's after right. the outing that they had this week. No, I'm I'm very curious. So is this beer as crushable as I hope that it is? It really is, yes. I gave it a yeah. solid 3.75 on Untapped, which folks what, out what there, you? you can find us at drinking underscore fantasy on Untapped. That's right. Go rate your beers and tell us about them. We need new beers. Always. That's right. Always want and need new beers. For example, I'm not even drinking a beer tonight, at least to start. I'm sure down the road. I have some reserves here, but I am actually starting off with a little mixed concoction. Nice. So I'm doing a big faux pas because you are not supposed to mix scotch with other things. That's a giant faux pas for scotch drinkers. I don't care. I'm doing it anyways. I've mixed a Speyside Glenlivet Balnellan. I don't even know how to pronounce pronounce the thing. It's a 12-year single malt scotch Ooh. with hot cider to really get myself into this fall vibe. I just fucking went for it. Hmm, that and sounds you know acceptable to me. I'll accept it's it. It's delightful. It's it's very delightful. It sounds really delightful. I'm not going to lie. That sounds mm. great. It warms my soul. But I did bring a reserve beer, of course, because of I don't course. know how long that's going to last. A Hillsboro blonde walks into a bar, which I've had nice. many times and I love. I love the name. That is nice. Okay. 
So, should we get into our drunk, 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 hammer, drunk, 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 trade of the week? Absolutely, we should. I think you've got a good one here. So this one is very special. Yes. This one's very special. So this comes from a league of mine. I, I did not solicit this trade, so I apologize to those involved if you didn't want me talking about it. But also, if you didn't want me talking about it, you shouldn't have made it uh, within my eyes. So this True comes story. from this comes from my dynasty league, which is the Chicks versus Dicks Dynasty League. That is the name of this league. It has some of my all-time favorite people in it. One of those people at Alexa Trade Talk openly admitted to to being drunk after the fact. Uh, the next morning after this went through. So the trade was she acquired Brian Edwards in exchange for Anthony Miller, a 2021 second and 2021 third. First thoughts, Dustin. It's it's an overpay for Brian Edwards, definitely, especially since you could get him, you know, this year. He was he was kind of a second round pick, I believe, in, in most rookie drafts. Uh, I know he fell in the NFL draft uh, a bit due to injury concern. I really, from what I've seen about him, I really like him, and I think he's got a bright future in the NFL. I know this last week he he kind of sputtered a little bit, uh, but this is the perfect time to pick him up. Uh, getting back to the actual trade itself, it, it's an overpay, but it's not egregious by any means. Anthony Miller, I, I'm kind of losing the luster on him. He keeps seeming to get injured. I haven't seen anything yet from him. I was really high on him as a rookie. And even last year, I was like, oh, his rookie season, he was injured. We'll just brush that off. He's going to come back strong. They don't have a lot of weapons on offense there with the Bears. He's got to do something. And he didn't really do a whole lot last year. So he did have a good week one, if that means anything to you. He put up four receptions for 76 yards and a touchdown. So a great week one outing, at least, to kick things off nicely. Do you know who else had a great week one this week? Corey Davis. You, don't you dare. <laughs> you're going to use Corey Davis's name to shout down every good week one performance. And just it's you're basically true. wiping the, the slate clean for this week. Not and true. Saying, well, I'm just saying Corey Davis could do it. One week does a season not make. If he starts stringing these together, I then I will change my tune on Anthony Miller. I'm just saying it was week one. A lot of crazy things happened this weekend. So, But that's better than a one catch for 12 yard outing. Like maybe you might have expected from him coming out of the gate. That's well, all I'm saying here. Points, saying. Point to you, sir. I, I, I will I will concede. Uh, and then a second, a th- the third round picks like whatever. It's more of a throw in at that point. So Anthony Miller and a second it's probably a slight overpay, but I wouldn't call it egregious, especially since I think Brian Edwards has a higher ceiling than Anthony Miller at this point. Yeah, I would agree with that. Now, the only thing about this trade, this happened well before any of those Allen Robinson trade rumors started sprouting up mm-hmm. over the last day or so, which, number one, I don't think that Allen Robinson actually gets traded. I think it's just hardball with the contract to try and get that extension. It and sounds it like it's been move. squashed already. Uh, from reports is that he's talked to the coach and and the GM and and things are are better. He's basically just saying it's not going to be a distraction for him. Right. So I think there's still a chance that it could come back later in the season, maybe if things don't go the way that he wants. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's table that I don't think it. He just doesn't want to be the distraction, which is great. Right. If for some reason A Rob actually got traded, all of a sudden this trade becomes a lot more lopsided in mm-hmm. my view. Uh, but Absolutely. yeah, until or if that happens, then as of now, like you said, it's a slight overpay. But in terms of drug trades. And even in terms of drunk trades within this league, this is really not that bad, I don't think. No, no. One of the more milder ones we've had. But just the fact that she admitted she was drunk uh, just makes it that much better. She did. The next morning, the very first message came from Alexa. She said, well, drunk Alexa apparently made a trade last night. (laughs) So talked in the third person, which I automatically love. uh, And uh, yeah, freely admitted to basically blacking out because of all of the football excitement the night before. So nice. I'm, I'm on board. Yeah, absolutely. And just to uh, circle back with Alan Robinson here really quick, this is the last year of his contract. So I feel like this is more this trade rumor. It's just more of him saying like, hey, I'm out after this year. Don't plan on me signing a long-term deal just because I've had garbage quarterbacks thrown to me my entire career. And I'll probably choose somewhere else where I can actually go and showcase my talent and have a good quarterback throwing to me. You remember when he had the option to come to Green Bay and he passed on Green Bay for Chicago? Yeah, yeah that's kind of what you get. Yeah, he's kind of <laughs> kicking himself in the ass right now. I'm sure of it. 
Yeah. I mean, I am too a little bit kicking him in the ass because how much would you have loved to see Devontae Adams uh, and Allen Robinson with Aaron Rodgers? Ooh, I just got a little tingly down in the nether regions just talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, successful drunk trade. I would give this just a few sips of this very strong yeah. scotch and fire. Yeah, I'd give it like half a Kolsch. Perfect. Perfect. Love it. Yeah. So we'll get into the meat of our episode here. Uh, We'll do a little bit of an injury update. Uh, I, I think we should uh, continue to give our listeners uh, just a little update and fantasy impact moving forward. And then we will do a little rewind from this weekend, talk a little week one, uh, some winner winner chicken dinners, the guys that won you your fantasy weeks this week. And then the other side of it, as I so titled, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, the guys that just broke your heart and make you mope around all day long like the teenager at heart you are <laughs> i love that i love the subtitle that you gave that section of this episode i do wonder how many people under the age of 30 got that reference you i'll know be very curious yes please uh comment uh on our twitter page if you understand this reference maybe we'll have to put out a poll on that once we get the show out there uh how many people got the reference yes or no Oh, first, here's an idea. First person to tell us what that reference is from on our Twitter page, that's at Drinking Fantasy, gets a personalized message from one of us to uh, smack talk a league mate for them on their behalf. Ooh, How about that? I like that. That is terrific, Jake. Good idea. So get out there, folks, and do that. Uh, for our audio-only listeners, I will try to get this out as soon as possible so that you are not behind the eight ball. But all the more reason that you should be watching this live and, and paying attention as as it spews out of our mouths. <laughs> so then after that, we will touch on some week two, give our start of the week and our potential bust of the week this week. So let's get into it. Our winner, winner. Nope, I lied. I got ahead of myself. I was really excited because I love my titles for my uh, uh, segments this week. So. I know you do, but we have some <laughs> some due diligence to take we care do. of. Before we do. We get Injuries first. We'll, we'll, we'll talk. Little down, little bummers. Uh, so let's talk injury updates here. Debo Samuel has had a setback. Wah, wah, wah. We should have saw this coming, let's be honest. Uh, it all seemed like he was trying to come back really fast from this injury he had over the summer. So he is out. He's on injured reserve. I think it's only the three-week injured reserve at this point. That's right. Uh, but disappointing nonetheless. I think we were all excited for him to start and, and be a part of the the game since you know he had such a great end of the season last year but looks like that's going to have to wait for a few weeks unfortunately this next one just breaks my heart uh because i have him on a, on a couple of rosters and and i really truly believe other than my boy Janu smith i i he was like second on my like big breakout list for this season uh, and that's blake Same. jarwin uh out for the year Makes me so sad. And it was a non-contact injury, which you hate to see. I mean, you hate to see injury anytime, but when it's, you know, one of those freak things where you like, you don't even get touched. It's just, uh, it just hurts that much more. So the Blake Jarwin hype train done for another year, unfortunately. Uh, this one's definitely next one is something to keep an eye on. It's George Kittle. Um, uh, this one could affect him for multiple weeks here. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see what the Niners actually do with him if they decide to rest him. Um, I know he is a warrior and wants to play and he's got, you know, he's that old school football player where he doesn't care about his body. He will go out and do whatever needs to get done. He loves the game. But he's not practicing this week. Right. Now, that could just be a, like just rest him up. Right. Because it's his knee and 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 it's the Jets that they're playing this weekend. Exactly. So it could be a twofold factor in there. One is to like just rest him up. And two is please don't let him get hurt in practice leading up to playing the Jets, because that's not a risk they need to take. Or but I that was, could also lead them to sit him for this weekend. I was going to say it's the Jets. Do they probably really need him this week? No, they could probably afford to rest him. It's a long season. You would hate for him to get injured even more and then miss him for big chunks of the season, uh, especially in the NFC West, which is going to be a terrific division, very competitive. I just, yeah, uh, so definitely keep an eye on that. Uh, I think he sits and then fire up Jordan Reed. Yeah, which... Let him have his one game. 
uh, and hopefully he stays healthy. Well, knock on wood. <laughs> uh, next, Boston Scott got injured this weekend. Uh, keep an eye on that. Ugh, poor Philadelphia. They just cannot keep people situation. healthy there. It, it's so unfortunate. Um, all it says is it's a lower body injury, uh, and they have no idea if he's going to be available or not. So definitely keep an eye on that. Uh, another tight end going on IR. David Njoku, actually, after he flashed a little bit this weekend, uh, much sure to did. my chagrin because my Austin Hooper shares hated that. Uh, he was not supposed to be featured. It was supposed to be the Austin Hooper show. So It might from, be now. It might be now. Uh, we'll see. I'm not too sure about anything on that Cleveland offense right now. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Njoku's on IR. Jordan Howard, he's out. That one's weird. The Jordan Howard one is still weird. I don't know. Like, there's not a ton of information to work off of with the Jordan Howard one. And I don't know if it's... Do you know if it's even expected to be a long-term deal? It doesn't say here. Uh, I'm on pro football reference uh, checking it out. And it just says it's the hamstring. It's unknown if he'll play against the Bills. I mean, a hamstring, he'll probably sit out. I mean, Miles Gaskin really uh, stepped up uh, in his place. And you do have Matt Breida. Chances are he'll probably sit, uh, but with the questionable designation, you never know. He could come back. So, again, kind of keep an eyeball on that. Duke Johnson, he left the game with injury. Fire up those David Johnson shares. If you weren't on board with that after this last week, uh, now you really should be. Uh, he is questionable with an ankle injury. It doesn't say if it's the high ankle sprain or or just a quote-unquote regular ankle sprain, uh, but if it's that high ankle sprain, chances are he's going to miss you know up to a month at least with that. So uh, if you're relying on Duke Johnson, go hit up your waiver wire. I'm waiting on the Texans to sign another running back because Bill O'Brien would do that. I would not be shocked if it's a long-term thing with a high ankle sprain, if that's really mm-hmm. what it turns out to be, if they tried their hardest to overpay Devonta Freeman to come and back up David Johnson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And this one is so disappointing to see because uh, he was kind of getting shit on all offseason long, unfortunately. Uh, that's Marlon Mack with the Colts out for the season. But for all those Jonathan Taylor truthers, Oh buddy, is he just going to step right into that workload? Fire him up. RB one rest of the way. No the question. Mars to the RB one weeks could be in his future. Mm-hmm. Saying it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Lev Bell. He's on IR with a hamstring injury. Did, did you hear what um, Mr. Adam Gaze said about the Love Bell situation? No. Enlighten me with this I, I, wonderful I, I, quote. I will, I, will, I will paraphrase this. This is not word for word. Uh, but basically he said, yeah, I wish I wouldn't have put Love back in the game after he tweaked his hamstring. Obviously, we know that Gaze does not want Love Bell there, does not like him. So I think this was a spiteful move to get him injured more so that he doesn't have to play him. That dude has zero bedside manner (laughs) and zero coaching ability, but but really it's the bedside manner that I take uh, the greatest umbrage with. Mm -hmm. And then the last one I think I want to touch on is Gerald Everett, tight end for the Rams. He is probable, it says, uh, left with a back injury last week. But if for some reason it gets worse and he does not play, fire up those Higby shares because he is going to get all the targets with Everett being out. You were high on Everett coming into this season, yes. so this has to be an extra bit of a bummer for you. It really is. It really is. Uh, and I know last week it was kind of a – it was very split until he uh, left the game. So it, it, it's disappointing, but eh, it's fantasy football. What are you going to do? It's fantasy you, football, baby. You got to take you your lumps. roll with the numerous lumps that are coming after week one. That's I right. mean, the one that we didn't talk about and we have to, it's Michael Thomas because yeah. I, I'm nervous as all hell. And I know we don't have enough information really, but we have to talk about Mike quickly. Uh, it's just, it could be weeks at this point. And he's the kind of guy who would want to gut it out and play through his injury. But are they going to even let him? Is that even a realistic possibility? Ah, I think at least three to four weeks you have to count on not having Michael Thomas. At least full strength. Um, I personally think that he will end up playing. It could be more of a decoy situation, though, than actually 
being of, of, of fantasy value. Um, I have sure. him in a league and I probably will not be playing him here for the next couple of weeks at a minimum until either I see him start to perform better. It looks like he's got good movement or until he's actually sat out for a number of weeks and then comes back and, and, and plays. But yeah, you hate to see these high ankle sprains. These are ones that linger multiple, multiple weeks, even after the players try to come back. We saw it last year with Camara. We saw it with Barkley last year. Even when they came back after missing, you know, whatever, two to four weeks, it took them another three to four weeks before they got back up to full speed and we saw them playing, you know, pre-injury. So, yeah, this is not good for Michael Thomas. Uh, definitely puts a damper on him trying to repeat as the number one wide receiver again this season. Agreed. Agreed. It's a bummer because I, I do love watching Michael Thomas play, obviously. I have him on a couple of rosters and would love for him to be able to come back, but I don't want him to rush back, not only for his own health, but for fantasy reasons. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would hate to see him rush back and then you feel forced into playing him without that time rested. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could even stand to see him on my bench if he's active and, and on the field i think it would be too hard to not at least play him as a flex option it's um, it's gonna be some interesting we'll decisions see. for me but let's be honest if, if you are the saints there's there's no reason to rush him back other than he wants to be on the field and play they've got so many weapons on that offense with emmanuel sanders now you got jared cook camara latavius murray traquan smith maybe he could be a they thing. like him so it's it's not like they're in desperate need of of having weapons. It's not like last year when Devontae Adams went out for the Packers here. You know, we're like, who the hell is going to step up? Like, there is no established, like, number two on the team or another receiving option that, that could take those targets and, and take on that mantle. Where with the Saints, I feel like that that's no issue. So if they're smart, they would they would sit him for a couple of weeks at a minimum so that they have him for the rest of the season unhampered. But we'll see what happens. And one other really quick one, because it just came through this afternoon. Chris Godwin is in the concussion protocol. Mm-hmm. So just I mean, if, if he's cleared and they play him, then great. There's no concern about having to sit him because it's not the type of injury where you have to worry about that. But uh, it might be tricky to get him into the game this weekend. Yeah, it is a little concerning that he went into the concussion protocol today as opposed to like Sunday evening after the game was done. Uh, so definitely something to keep an eye on because if, if this came on late, it's it's typically a little bit later in the week for them to be able to come back and play on Sunday. Usually it takes a full week at a minimum for them to pass through the concussion protocol. But, uh, yeah, definitely keep an eye on that because that would be a big one. Truth. All right, let's wipe our hands of the ickiness that is injuries. And let's get Adel into something a little bit more positive here. Yes, yes. The segment I was trying to say earlier, the winner-winner chicken dinner segment. So these are players that probably won you your week. Let's be honest. If, if you, A lot of these guys are not players that you would necessarily have started but if you did, it probably pushed you over the edge. And I, I think as we're going through this, the big discussion is going to be, do you see the performances like these continuing? You know, how how, how sure are we that is this the real deal or is this more of a mirage? You know, so as we go through it, let's keep that in mind. So Absolutely. Our, our big winner of the week here. Oh, baby. It makes me so happy as a Packer fan to say this. Uh, Devontae Adams. Oh, baby. 41.6 points last week the wide receiver won on the week uh man what do you have 14 receptions oh well over 100 yards like he was just balled out last week uh had a huge target share in that offense obviously we've known that he was in discussion as the number one overall wide receiver preseason i think this really solidifies it and it, it, barring injury I see this trend continuing. I, I think Rodgers and Adams have a great uh, chemistry together, and and they're going to continue to force feed Adams as long as he's going to be open. Agreed. Uh, this is the one. I mean, this is the easy one right. here on this list. <laughs> In terms of projecting if this can and will continue happening, mm-hmm. yes, it, it can. It will. I think very much <laughs> that it will. Uh, even though, like, look, all of the other receivers got involved, and we'll mm-hmm. talk about another one of them here. Lazard and MVS were both heavily involved. Aaron Jones got some work. He was actually a really big red zone threat uh, in terms of receiving. Aaron mm-hmm. Jones led them with targets inside the 20. 
But yeah, it's it's Devontae Adams. I think a lot of the other part of it, with the other guys getting more involved, had to do with Minnesota's defense being pretty well crippled mm-hmm. uh, in their secondary. They had some issues there at cornerback um, that were exploited early and often, mm-hmm. and it was glorious to see, but they're not always going to get those types of plus matchups. So it'll be curious to see what his true uh, floor looks like moving forward here. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but I, I feel like he is going to be pretty safe throughout the season. Uh, but as we said, uh, MVS, Mar- Marquez Valdez Scantling, for those of you who do not know the abbreviation, uh, and, and Lazard, they both, like you said, had a big uh, role in the offense. Which one of those do you see becoming the de facto number two in this offense? I know we're always looking for the, oh, it's an Aaron Rodgers offense. Who's going to be the number two? And are they going to be fantasy viable? Do you see one of these two stepping forward? Or is it more of a whoever Rodgers has a better chemistry with that week? Or maybe it's matchup based. I don't even know if it's matchup based. I think it's based more on is what we saw in week one the standard, as in, are we going to see a lot more play at, like play action passes downfield? Because if so, then MVS is the number two there. Mm-hmm. He's the guy, he's the deep option. And if he's if they're able to run that offense the way that I hope that they can and uh, let Aaron cook, so to speak, then it's MVS. But if, if it falls a little bit more and the games look more like last year, where he's pressured a little bit more, and, and we should note Lane, uh, Lane Taylor was out last, uh, got injured, I believe, in the early third, third quarter last week. I don't know if he's coming back or how soon he's coming back. So if there's offensive line instability, give me Lazard. And I know that's a cop-out answer, but it's all I got. Yeah, and what do you think about um, MVS and his dropsies he had? Because he had a couple pretty big, wide-open drops. Uh, it was good to see that Rodgers went back to him. Uh, as we saw later on in the game. But I don't know. That's a little concerning, too. And maybe it was just the week one jitters, although he shouldn't have those at this point. He's been in the league for a few years now. But uh, that does concern me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, he made the tough contested catches, and then mm-hmm. he dropped the easy ones. So it's just like focus drops right? Uh, in my eyes. And I think you're right with the week one jitters thing with that. At least fingers crossed. Uh, I really do hope that there could be some sort of consistency there with MVS. If he could be a Deshaun Jackson light, light, I'd even be fine <laughs> with that. You know, just let the guy have like 40 catches for 900 mm-hmm. yards and eight TDs. You know, I, I'm totally fine with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's move on. We'll, we'll we'll spare our listeners here with with Packers talk for for the time being. Uh, we'll move on. So Josh Jacobs came in as the RB one, thirty five point nine points here in a full PPR format. Uh, the big thing is he got game in the receiving side of it, which was really nice to see. I know I think everybody agreed in the offseason like he is uh, RB one and has potential to be a high RB one, with the caveat that he would get involved in the passing game because he saw very limited receptions last year. But if this first game is any indication uh, about how this season is going to go, oh, man, sky's the limit for him. It was awesome to see. It really it was surprising for me. You said that during the offseason that was the hope and projection. I didn't see him getting this kind of target share. I just There's no way that I expected him to get six, six targets in this game with – just because of the offseason moves that the Raiders did mm-hmm. when they, they obviously kept Richard and then there's Brian Edwards who's brought in there. And then Devontae Booker, they kept saying that it was going to be a one-two punch there, uh, which was silly. I, yeah. I thought that that was nonsense, <laughs> but I thought that he might sneak a few more targets than he did. He mm-hmm. only got three to Jacob six. Um, I don't know, man. I, I could see a world where he ends up averaging four targets a game and that's mm-hmm. enough. For him to stay a mid-range RB1. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. And then Calvin Ridley, uh, wide receiver two on the week with 35, 33.9. I may need to start getting glasses here. Holy man. I know how to read. Uh, wide receiver two on the week. I will admit I'm shocked by this. Uh, I, I, you know, Calvin Ridley has shown his blow up weeks in the past. So we knew this was definitely possible. I was definitely not one of those Ridley truthers out there. Uh, but someone's got to catch the touchdowns, I suppose, in this offense. We know it's not going to be Julio. So uh, it was good to see, though. I mean, that's again, do you think this is something that is going to continue? Are we maybe starting to see uh, changing of the guard? 
with the whole Roddy White Julio thing back in the day? Um, or or is it just a week one fluky thing? Julio's still the man. We have nothing to worry about. I don't know if it's fluky necessarily. I, I wouldn't say that it's fluky. But there there were three wide receivers there who all got 12 targets mm-hmm. and all had nine receptions and all had over 100 yards. So Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Russell Gage all had a 12 for nine stat line, put up over 100. Ridley got the touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you can't fault that. Um, and like you said, it's become a joke, of course. But the fact that Julio never seems to get those touchdowns and they do have to go somewhere. And I'm a little surprised that nothing happened in the way of Todd Gurley there with that game, by the way. That Mm -hmm. was a surprise to me. So if that corrects itself a little bit, I could see the touchdown upside going away a little for Calvin Ridley. Um, But I mean, he did lead them in red zone targets. So that's not nothing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if I'm ready to anoint him better for fantasy than Julio just yet, though. Ah, me either. I agree 100%. All right, Darius Slayton came in at wide receiver five. I know there was a lot of questions. I know. All he does is score touchdowns. That's crazy. Uh, Seriously just underrated. And I know, you know, with Golden Tate there and Sterling Shepard and Evan Ingram, you know, they have all the weapons on offense. Uh, He was like the lone highlight in this game uh, that was just piss poor by the Giants. Let's be honest here. Uh, I think he's the real deal. I think we've all been sleeping on him. And I shouldn't say all of us, but I think a lot of the fantasy community was sleeping on him more than we should have been. And I'll be the first to admit it. Like, I, I loved his upside, but I did not expect him to to really take charge of the wide receiver core in, in, in New York and be the lead dog. But I don't know. After seeing this week, I, I think I may need to change my mind on this. Yeah, I really do think that this dude is the truth. I don't know what you can pick at if you watch that game. I don't. How, what do you pick at with Darius Layton? Like, what did he do wrong mm-hmm. in that game? I know that he went away a little bit in the second half of the game. So in terms of just pure consistency, he's probably not going to be the most consistent wide receiver. And with Golden Tate out, I suppose you could you could say that's partly why he got so many targets. Mm-hmm. Well, besides Saquon, who we'll talk about a little bit mm-hmm. later, uh, having a real, a real poor outing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, I, I don't know. The guy's game is just fantastic. So mm-hmm. yeah, wheels up for him. All right. Well, uh, kind of zoom through the rest of these guys here a little bit. Naheem Hines came in at the RB4 for the week. Uh, obviously the hot waiver wire pickup of the week. Now with uh, Marlon Mack out, I think he is in play for a flex option almost on a weekly basis here because you know they're going to have to spell Jonathan Taylor a bit. Uh, We did see Jonathan Taylor with a number of receptions, which is great, but he is, I can't imagine him being in the Christian McCaffrey 99% snap share uh, 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 on the field all the time for the Colts. So I, I think that Naheem Hines, he definitely moves up now where he is in consideration for a flex play every single week. Yeah, I got to agree with that. We, we talked about him a little bit during the offseason, just in terms of like getting targets. We knew Philip Rivers loves to dump off to his running backs. Mm-hmm. So I figured he'd be involved. Didn't think he'd be involved this much. Didn't think he would get that kind of red zone rushing mm-hmm. uh, attempts, by the way. What in the fuck? Yeah, he was <laughs> he was involved super early on. So it's not like he got involved after Marlon Mack went out. He was involved very early on. So they obviously had a role planned out for him going into the season. And and I think he, I mean, RB4 on the week, he's definitely got the upside. Is this going to be like an Austin Eckler light type situation where it, it's all receiving work and then maybe like a little goal line upside? I don't know, uh, but I like what I saw out of week one here. Yeah, as long as Rivers is the starting quarterback there, he's a locked-in flex option mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. And then Malcolm Brown came in RB5, 26 points. Keep an eye on that situation. Is is he going to be the starting running back moving forward? Um, is it going to take Cam Akers a little bit to acclimate? I, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just don't see this continuing week in and week out here with Malcolm Brown. I mean, he is a solid running back. There's a reason why the Rams kept him on the team and uh, when he was a restricted free agent and matched the offer. They obviously liked him. But uh, if they really felt like he was going to be the lead dog there, they wouldn't have spent such high draft capital on Akers. 
Yeah, I mean, arguably, I guess you could say that about the Darrell Henderson pick from last year, too. It's like, why spend a pick on Akers if mm-hmm. you've got that guy there? But they clearly just don't like Henderson that much, whereas they love Akers. Everything mm-hmm. we've heard about in the camp, they love Akers. So I say you've got, I don't know, maybe four or five weeks of Malcolm Brown as a really viable start. Like, I wouldn't start. I would not have him on my bench until it comes out that Akers is the guy, mm-hmm. but I just see that coming sooner than later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then I had to throw this one in here just for you, Jake. Mm, 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 Robbie mm. Anderson coming out of nowhere, getting out of the Adam Gase black hole that sucks in fantasy talent, apparently, uh, coming in at wide receiver six here. So my question is, we, we always known he's had the talent. Obviously, you were super high on him last year, one of your drinking buddies. What do we see moving forward and in this offense? Because we have DJ Moore. We've got Curtis Samuel, Christian McCaffrey. It, is Robbie Anderson going to be more involved than we thought or or what? What do you think? It's hard to say that he won't be when you just look at the stats and how efficient he was. Mm -hmm. And we'd always, I'd always thought maybe, maybe because Matt Rule is there that Robbie Anderson gets a real shot this year. Uh, but I didn't expect him to be shot out of a goddamn cannon in week (laughs) one, uh, this way or, or any week really. Like we all, we obviously know that Robbie is capable of, of boom weeks, Mm -hmm. no matter the offense. He showed that on the Jets and he definitely had those boom weeks, but he had a whole lot of bust following those. Um, but if he's getting eight targets a game, all of those, again, talking about the three wide receivers, sir, they all got play. They all got targeted, Mm -hmm. all got at least eight targets on the game. McCaffrey did not get very targeted. (laughs) Uh, targeted very much in this game, which was odd. I think he gets to steal some more targets going forward. I don't know who they come from necessarily. My guess would be Curtis Samuel. Um, I, I'm not projecting this every week for Robbie by any chance, but I, all of a sudden he's like, hey, he could be a top 20 guy by end of season. Yeah, and I think he's definitely in consideration for a flex play on a weekly basis here moving forward at a minimum until we see maybe a little bit more of how involved he actually is with this offense. Which you can afford to do because you got this guy in like round 16 probably. So yeah. chances you have are he's still on waiver wire. Let's be honest. Fair. All right. Next we have Mitchell Trubisky. I had to mention QB8. this. QB8. I had to. Well, you have to. It's weird. It's, it's fucking weird because – even though I think some people projected Trubisky to have a good game this week, like just the matchup was very good against the Lions, he was not doing well for the first three quarters of that game. All of his fantasy points really came in the fourth quarter. I think he scored three fourth quarter touchdowns. Literally, you got everything in the fourth quarter. Um, so without that comeback, you're looking at a really terrible day. He still didn't crack 300 yards. Um, I think much worse days are ahead for Mitch Mm -hmm. and I think even as soon as this week could potentially be that he gets the Giants who are a beatable matchup but I still don't know that I see him beating them that badly yeah uh just one of those things if you started him you probably won your week let's be honest because he did put up a top 12 top 10 performance but yeah I agree this is probably an anomaly not really the real deal here Dallas Goddard coming through for tight ends here with number one overall on the week. Uh, Over 100 yards, got the TD. I think with Philadelphia's injury issues, uh, to put it lightly here, on their offense, I think they are going to be running both Goddard and Ertz at the same time, uh, kind of a la the Patriots a number of years ago with Hernandez and... Gronk. So I think this could be the next iteration of that. And I think you're going to see them both Mm -hmm. on the field quite a bit. And I think Goddard is in play every week from here on out. Uh, I, he, he was a top 12 tight end last year, both him and Ertz were top 12. And I think they could do it again this year. Yeah. Goddard's been closing the gap. We've no, we've known, we've seen it for the last Mm -hmm. couple of years. Last year, especially he started to really close the gap between him and Ertz. Uh, I think this is the year that it finally happens. Like it, it finally is going to be overtaken by Goddard, I think. And the contract stuff with Ertz just murkies the water even a little bit more. So yeah, I like Goddard quite mm-hmm. a bit. Mm-hmm. And then one last one here to throw in, just because he made his week one appearance as he does every single year coming in at the wide receiver 10, Mr. Sammy Watkins, 
the Lizard King Look at you. himself. You did it, Sammy. Yes. You did it once again. You <laughs> fucked us all over once again with your week one start because now the the poor bastards who, who have you rostered now have to decide for next week, do I actually risk this? Do I actually give it the go? I don't I don't know that I could personally. Uh, if I had Watkins on my team for some reason, and I'll be honest, I just stay away from him because I don't trust it. I think if I had him, I would put out trade offers and get whatever I could for him at this point. And if for some reason he continues to perform at a high level, uh, I will just take my lumps on that. Uh, and that's just me personally. I know he showed out, you know, in the Super Bowl and in the playoffs last at the end of last year. So maybe this is a continuation of that, and he is going to be more involved on a week to week basis. But uh, we've gotten burned on this so many times before that, like I said, I'm willing to take my lumps if I'm wrong. You trade him for a third? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get it done for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I I would take a ham sandwich for him. <laughs> All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Speaking of ham sandwiches. It is time for a moment from our advertiser, Vayer Watches. How was that connected? You don't want to get ham all over your Vayer watch. DTFF is presented by Vayer, which was founded with the goal of building an affordable everyday wristwatch that blends tasteful design with extreme durability and functionality. Vayer returns a sense of dignity, ham-free, to affordable wristwatches and are built to last. Vayer is a true American watch company specializing in quartz and automatic watches. They're offering our listeners 15% off if you use the code PODGO15. That's P-O-D-G-O-15. Go to VayerWatches.com. That's V-A-E-R Watches.com to learn more and get your timepiece today. Go out and get it. Go get it. No ham on it, though. Zero ham watch. All right. Let's move in to the melancholy and infinite sadness portion of our show this week. Guys that underperform for one reason or another. Are we worried about this moving forward, or is it just more of an anomaly? We will tell you. All right. Saquon Barkley, bad week uh, for the rushing side. Receiving side, six receptions, 60 yards. That's fine. But 15 rushes for six yards, not good. That's not good, Cotton. Uh, Obviously, this is just an anomaly. I expect Saquon Barkley to bounce back. Uh, I'm not too worried about it here. Yeah, Steelers defense is just so legit. Mm -hmm. Uh, you, you You can't fault him that much. I mean, it is wild that it's six yards, though. That is still very disconcerting to just see that. I understand Pittsburgh is an amazing defense, but holy shit. Um, is it just that they didn't trust or that they didn't believe Daniel Jones could beat them? And so they said, let's try and make the kid beat us? I think so. I think that was it. They they had a game plan, shut down Barkley, forced Jones to throw the ball, let him beat us if, if he can. And it worked. It worked. He did not. Uh, next, Nick Chubb, 10 rushes for 60 yards. This one... It concerns me a little bit, not a ton. I was already down on Nick Chubb a little bit going into this season, just with Kareem Hunt there, the change in uh, head coach and kind of offensive philosophy for them. Uh, Kareem Hunt was very much involved, and I think that if the Browns look as bad as they did this week and they're going to be playing from behind more often than not, and especially in the AFC North, that's probably going to be a thing most weeks. I could see Hunt being much more involved as the passing down back, and if they're playing from behind, he'll be on the field more than Chubb. So I am a little concerned. Uh, I'm not in full panic mode right now by any stretch of the imagination. It's one week, but definitely something I'm going to keep an eye on. And if I had Nick Chubb, uh, I just keep an eye on it because I, I just don't know how this season's going to go for them. Yeah, and if you have him, you have to hold on to him for right now because there's no way people are coming. Probably nobody's coming uh, calling for a fair asking price Mm -hmm. with Nick Chubb. But he does get the Bengals this week. You have to assume if there is a week for him to kind of right the ship a little bit, it's this week too against Cincinnati. And if he does, that's the time I might consider getting out though. Cause we've talked about this in the offseason. We don't, neither one of us are big on him, uh, especially this year. So that could be a prime trading opportunity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Christian Kirk. Really had a nice disappearing act this week. Only four targets, no yards, no receptions. Ooh, what happened there? Uh, DeAndre Hopkins happened there. Well, obviously, he had a great game. Uh, Larry Fitz was involved. 
I think this is an anomaly. Uh, I, I I think they really went out of their way to feature Hopkins, as they should. Let's be honest. He's still an elite wide receiver, but I think they really made the point of going out, getting him involved early and often, uh, proving that, again, this, this trade was good for them and the Cardinals and he fits their style of offense. Kirk's going to have his weeks, but maybe he's not as safe as we all thought he was going to be uh, coming into this season. Yeah, I don't think you can project him to be safe at all there. I do think that this is another trade opportunity, though. If you want this guy for the long term, this is as low as that asking price mm-hmm. is going to get for Christian Kirk. And I agree. I think this is a total anomaly there. I don't really know what happened other than they decided to feature the hell out of DeAndre Hopkins because mm-hmm. Murray clearly loves him. And we should know we didn't bring him up in the in the beginning section here of the winner winners. But DeAndre Hopkins with 16 targets, 14 receptions and 151 yards. I'm confident taking my L on my offseason projection of mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins and assuming that with him being traded to a new team, there was no way he was going to be a top two or three guy this year. I look like a goddamn idiot. Yeah, same here. I had him still as a wide receiver one, you know, top 12, but I did not expect him to finish where we're you know, used to seeing him finishing on a, on a yearly basis. Again, one week does not make a season, but uh, if things continue this way, I mean, he is in play for that wide receiver one overall. And if you drafted him possibly in the second round, most likely in the second round, let's be honest, possibly third round, depending on how your draft went. Oh, you are smiling all the way to the bank right now because that is just straight cash, homie. Can I just say that I took DeAndre Hopkins in the third round of Scott Fishbowl? Yes, nice. Yes. You you take that that mini victory lap. I had to because I I was <laughs> off him all off season, but I did get him in that spot just because I felt like I had to. Nice. All right, carry on, Johnson. I know we had some concerns going into the season with him. Uh, the whole knee injury. He's wearing the brace. They sign Adrian Peterson. They draft the rookie DeAndre Swift, but only seven rushes for fourteen yards. Uh, that's not good. That's not good. Uh, uh, Adrian Peterson Peterson was very much involved. DeAndre Swift was very much involved. Not good for my carry on Johnson share. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it makes me very sad. Uh, it, it seems like now he's on the outside here uh, with those other two backs, assuming health, of course, and maybe he'll get traded to another team here uh, after the season's over where he has more of a chance to uh, show what he can do. But I think if you have him, he is probably fairly safe to drop at this point. I don't know that I would uh, hold on to him. No, I, I just don't think there's any reason to. Not a single target all game. Even Adrian Peterson got three targets. So, yeah, if, if that's the barometer that you have to go against... Adrian Peterson putting up 93 yards on the ground and an extra three receptions. Like, come on, man. Carry on's not. There's just no way that he actually gets out there in enough of a way to make him a viable fantasy option. All right, Jake, I got to break in here. We got a question from one of our listeners here uh, on YouTube uh, from FTD34. Should I trade David Johnson, Odell, and Tariq Cohen for Devontae Adams, or am I giving up too much? If this is Dynasty which I'm assuming it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, If it's a dynasty, let's just assume dynasty PPR, FTD, fill us in if if this is not correct. If it's dynasty PPR, I am making that trade. If the other person would actually accept that for for Devontae Adams, you bet your ass I would make that in a heartbeat. Half point PPR, he says. Done. Still done. Mm -hmm. So Such an easy call for me. Devontae Adams is going to be the guy there for years. David Johnson... While he looked great in week one, it was just one week, mm-hmm. uh, I'm still not thoroughly convinced at his target share there. Uh, I think he has upper running back to potential, certainly, for this year. And then after this year, I don't know. Odell is just, he's really bumming me out, man. I can't get a, a grasp on him. I don't want to deal with his headaches anymore. Yeah, and like we so, were just saying, we're not sure with the offense, or at least for me. I shouldn't speak for you, Jake. But for me, I'm not sure about this offense and... And, and and how that offense is going to shake out. I, I would much rather go for Jarvis in that offense if I was looking to get one of those offensive pieces. Uh, yeah, I'm not high on Odell either. But yeah, Devontae is a top two mm-hmm. guy. So yeah, I will absolutely make that trade. Even though I kind of like Tariq Cohen still. We've talked about that a little mm-hmm. bit. We probably won't talk about it much, if ever again, because he's underwhelming. <laughs> but uh, I did like him a bit. Yes. So, yeah. Thank you for the question there, FTD. Uh, and we 
for the rest of the listeners out there, we will answer on-air questions if you do present them to us. So uh, don't hesitate to jump in the chat here. We are here, and we will answer them live on the air for you. That's right. You don't even have to ask that nicely, honestly. Uh, All right. Should we talk about Mark Ingram? Can I just announce right now, as the Mark Ingram truther here coming into this this season, that I'm so disappointed in his usage for this first game. Ten rushes for 29 yards. Mm Mm-hmm makes me sad in my bones. It is very sad. And I just, is it because he's, it has he finally hit that wall? Uh, is Dobbins just that good that he really showed out in, in camp and they're like, we got to get this kid involved. Was it a function of just the, the offense and, and, and the game flow? Uh, I just, I don't know, but I, I can't say that I envisioned this right out of the gate for him. No, I don't even think that, at least this week, I don't think it was a Dobbins thing so much as just, I don't know why they weren't running the ball. I mean, when you look at at the end score of this game, it was against the Browns, and you got a 38-6 to final score, and they ran the ball 10 times with Mark Ingram, 7 times with J.K. Dobbins, 7 times with Lamar Jackson, and 4 with Gus Edwards. You just expect those numbers to be higher? Mm-hmm. Or at least I do. I mean, I don't understand what happened there. And the fact that none of them got targets whatsoever. Not a single running back ended up with a target in this game. Mark Andrews got, got some love, and so did Hollywood Brown, which was great to see. But it was confusing, man. So... I I don't know. I really hope that uh, that he comes out next week and they they give him some more good run and he proves himself. But if he does not after next week, I'm going to go full freak out, I think, with Mark Ingram. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. And then Austin Hooper, another disappointing week, especially with Njoku uh, going out. I know he was featured early. Uh, I'm hoping this is just more of a mirage here and... And he will be more involved. Although, again, as we've talked about with this offense, I just don't know what to expect anymore with it. So my confidence is kind of waning there with Hooper, unfortunately. What do you think? Yeah, I, I just think we all expected the square peg to fit into the round hole better than it than it had in that first game. But now that Njoku's out... I think the opportunity is certainly there. I don't think we should expect anything close to what we saw in Atlanta still last year. But there's hope. There mm-hmm. is hope for there. You have to be patient with him, especially again now with that, with him hypothetically being the number one tight end there. I suppose uh, the young rookie Bryant could step into a bigger role than we think. But I'm willing to be patient with Hooper for at least another couple weeks. All right, Jake, we have another question here in the chat. Ooh. So uh, this is from Club Fantasy FFL. Hey, we're following them on the uh, the double header here. Yeah, that's Actually, right. triple header. You guys should also be listening. If you are watching us right now, you should step away in a couple of minutes to watch uh, FF Confidential after us. But that's go right. ahead. We we are the delicious meat in the middle of this sandwich. <laughs> uh, so they said, uh, was just offered this today in one of my home redraft leagues. They're James Conner and Allen Robinson for my Josh Jacobs. And it says, you do that, right? With the laughing, crying emoji face. Yeah, that's the appropriate emoji yes, there. Clearly exactly. somebody <laughs> trying to unload some assets uh, to to get away from all of the injuries and potential drama there. Yep. I do love Allen Robinson. So, and if this if this trade stuff is overblown, I honestly don't think it's as crazy as... <laughs> You know, as maybe some folks believe it is, but I'm still going to hold Josh Jacobs there. You can, at worst, mm-hmm. you can get a lot better return than that for right now, even though I do love A-Rob. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. All right. A couple more here of our, our, of our sadness here before we move on. Matt Burita, five rushes for 22 yards. That is disappointing only because Howard got hurt and we saw Miles Gaskin kind of take control of that backfield for the day. Uh I'm I'm kind of a wait and see approach for this. I really thought he would be more involved with the passing game, but eh, we'll see. It's a home for right now. I'm fully out. I- I'm out on that. I was barely in on him to begin with, and then five rushing attempts there. No, no targeting to speak of. It's oh god, it's so gross. It's Miles Gaskin season in Miami. Mm-hmm. If if that excites you in any way, shape, or form, and McCall Hardman only one reception for six yards. I think this is kind of what a lot of, I shouldn't say a lot of us, 
I'll, I'll speak for myself only here. Uh, kind of what I expected. McCall Hardman's going to be that that boomer bust type player, uh, week in and week out. As long as Sammy's there, he's going to be the third wide receiver on the team, not counting Kelsey or, or um, Edwards Alaire on the team. So it, it's just going to be a function of play call and if he gets open and Mahomes sees him. So I. I'm kind of out on him for right now. If you have him in Dynasty, definitely, obviously, hold him on your bench. But uh, he's just no way he can be consistent right now unless something changes in that offense. Yeah, I agree. I mean, redraft, you drop him. I, I have no bones about that at all. In Dynasty, he's 100% hold. I think next year could be a big breakout year for him, though, uh, providing that Sammy finally moves the fuck on as he should. <laughs> then we won't have to talk about him ever again in the Chiefs offense, ruining our days. Mm-hmm. And then one last one to talk about here. Joe Mixon, 19 rushes for 69 yards. Nice. Uh, one reception for two yards. Yeah, I, I was kind of down on Mixon a little bit to begin the season anyway. I, I don't know how to feel about this. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm just out on this. <laughs> Look, can I, can I go ahead and take this one? Because I was banging this drum as hard as I possibly could over the offseason that I do do. not trust Joe Mixon in this offense right now. So the fact that people were so stuck on him as a high-end running back one, not even just a running back one, but a high-end running back one was always crazy to me. The the rookie quarterback, the offensive line that was in shambles last year and is relying on ostensibly a rookie to step in and fix everything on the O-line, it's it's silliness. And then Gio Bernard got more work than I ever thought he would, though. So that was weird to see. I think better days are certainly ahead for Joe Mixon. I don't think you see this kind of stat line uh, every every week. But I also don't think the guy cracks the top 12 for running backs this, this year as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm right there with you on that. Woo! How do you Look feel about that? That was just a week one wrap up here. It feels good. It feels good to be able to talk about real things that happened mm-hmm. instead of just hypothetical things that maybe could happen. Mm-hmm. It feels like we accomplished something here tonight, Dustin. I'm proud of us. It does. But we're not quite done yet. But wait, there's more. Uh, let's let's look ahead here for week two. Um, let's highlight some of the matchups for this week. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll start us off here with, with highlighting a couple that I really like that have some good fantasy uh, impact for uh, the first one I want to highlight here is uh, the Rams versus the Eagles. I really like this for the Rams offense. Uh, uh, the Eagles, they just did not look overly impressive. Obviously they lost to the Washington football team, which everybody thought was going to be awful and, and maybe win two games on the season. Uh, so I really like the Rams offensive pieces in this game. I think Goff is going to bounce back pretty good. It's not like he had a terrible week this week, but I do think he's going to bounce back and, and have a, a quarterback one week. Uh, obviously uh, I want to point out the Packers. They're playing the lions. Uh, that defense is just horrible. Uh, we should be able to fire up Rogers, Adams, Jones uh, without hesitation. Of course. Can I talk about the worst game that you're going to see this week, which of course is on Thursday night football? So it's the Bengals versus the Browns. There's a reason night. why I jumped over that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I need I need to highlight how awful it's going to be for real NFL watching purposes. Mm-hmm. But also it could be sneaky good for the mess that it becomes for some of the offensive guys. Like I actually think Joe Mixon here, here's an opportunity to play him because he could legitimately have a top 10 week against the Browns. Um, I, I think he should actually get a little bit more target share there too. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's going to be gross to watch. Maybe don't watch it, but I wouldn't hate putting some of those guys into my lines. Yeah. There's a couple other really good games. I like Uh, afternoon game on Sunday. It's Ravens versus Texans, which should be a really good game. Uh, should be a lot of offense in that game, which I really like. And then the Sunday night game uh, is shaping up to be a really good one too, with the Patriots versus the Seahawks. Uh, I don't know. That one's going to be really interesting to watch. I'm glad it's actually a Sunday night game. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, those are the fuck. fuck what? Uh, nope, those are the no, fucking games you yeah. got to watch, you guys. Yes. No, those are the ones I wanted to highlight. Uh, any others you want to highlight, Jake? No, just all of them. It's just it's another week. It's of, all football. Of 
football. So just watch it all. You're going to love it. That's right. Okay. So let's do our start of the week and bust of the week here and then get the hell out. Let's do it. All right. Who do you have for your start of the week? One player. My my st- yes. Yeah, so across all positions, this week I'm very very interested uh, in a couple of people. So I didn't I didn't want to have to make this decision between the two of them, but I'm doing it for you because I love you, listeners and viewers. It's Jonathan Taylor for me. He is my start of the week. Uh, I'm very excited now to see what he gets to do against the Vikings, who were not great <laughs> this last week as we already discussed uh I-, I hope sincerely that he gets enough uh targets to justify him being my start of the week but i honestly have him as a top six running back this week uh and so i'm super goddamn excited to see him run all over the vice nice how about you my start of the week is chris carson versus the patriots uh the sunday night game that i alluded to I know there's a lot of questions about Chris Carson because he got the touchdowns on very limited carries this week. Uh, I think that was more of a function of the Seahawks kind of easing him in a little bit, uh, coming back from that hip injury, no preseason games to kind of get under your belt here. I, I know they were saying all systems go, he's healthy, you, you know, no restrictions whatsoever. But I really do think that this first game was more of a let's ease him in, limit his carries a little bit, let him let him get some hits under his belt, and, and I think they're going to let him go now moving forward. Uh, and the fact that he got the touchdowns is great, um, and, and, and the Patriots' defense doesn't scare me nearly as much as it has in previous seasons. I, they, I mean, they only gave up 87 yards last week rushing, but it was against the Dolphins. Uh, I mean, there's there's not much to expect there. So against a much better offensive line, a much better offense in general, much better running back, I expect Chris Carson to have a big day. Yeah, I I think that's very fair. Now, bust of the week here, it would it would be cheating to just put Sammy Watkins in here because that's what I really, truly want to do, just to hammer that point home for everybody. But then I'd feel like a double asshole if he actually went out and, and did something. So... I'm not going to do that. And instead, I'm going to, this one hurts. I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson, quarterback Oof. for the Houston Texans, who that is does, going against Baltimore. It hurts me right here. It's in the heart. If you can't see, that's my heart. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, a, it doesn't feel good to talk about that, but it's just a matchup that really scares me for him. The Ravens defense is so solid. And that offensive line is such a problem still, as we saw in the kickoff game against the Chiefs. Chiefs have a good defense. I'm not taking anything away from them. They are not Ravens-level defense. So hopefully I'm proven wrong, and it's just a case of week one uh, jitters, communication issues, etc., that caused Deshaun Watson to look like a scrambled egg out there. Uh, but I don't expect that to be the case, so I'm expecting bad things for Deshaun uh, this week. All right. And my bust of the week is James Robinson, waiver wire waiver darling, darling uh, versus Tennessee this week. Uh, the Jags just aren't that great. I think this last week they, they, they caught the team off guard. Uh, and Tennessee is a much better defense. I mean, they gave up 130 yards last week against Denver. But Denver has a pretty solid offensive line, and their running backs are Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. Two quality, I, I'll use that word lightly, quality running backs. Uh, at, now that there's a little bit of tape on James Robinson, you know, there's one week, I, I think that he is going to get stuffed. I think they're going to force Minshew to throw the ball and do Minshew things, throw the football over the mountains, Uncle Rico style, and... And yeah, I think Robinson's going to be a bust for you guys this week. You have to really hope that his usage pays off and doesn't goose egg you. I, that's the only thing that's going to save you, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. I agree. But hopefully the usage is enough to uh, at least make it bearable. That's right. That's right. Well, that pretty much ends the show for us. How are you feeling Woo! about it, Jake? Very excited because we just had a week one show. And again, I did not expect us to be talking about real NFL football this week. So mm-hmm. this is all a cherry on top. 
This is gravy. I love it. Yep. Yeah. Just a reminder out there to all you guys and gals, please check your waiver wire. Uh, uh, waivers ran this morning. It's Wednesday evening when we're recording right now. Check your waiver wire for players that were dropped. Uh, people like to drop players in a panic, whether it was injury or some of these players that that um, gave you the infinite sadness this week. Uh, and, and it was a panic move. You can pick up guys for free right now without having to spend any of your fab or waiver wire priority. And and even if they're injured and you have room on your bench, guys that you can hold and it will pay off later in the season. So so check it out because you never know who's going to drop. Correct, Jake? Agree with me. Yes. Okay, thank you. Whew. All right. Uh, great episode. Thank you for joining us this evening. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Find us on Twitter at Drinking Fantasy. You can find me at F- 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 Dusty Dog on Twitter. You can find me at Jake Trowbridge because that is my goddamn name. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers. Cheers.